You're listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. I hope you guys are having a really, really good day. I am having a good day today. Man, listen, you know, I'm an advocate of sleeping until you're finished. And I've finished at four. And I was like, no, this this just can't be. So I got up, had some coffee, did a few things, and then... I set my alarm and I said, okay, I'm going to go back to sleep. It was like 6.18. And I said, I'm going back to sleep until 7.30. Cut the light off, lay down. And my mind was like, no, we got, we got stuff to do. My mind literally would not allow me to sleep because it was like spitting out ideas. So I was like, okay, well, let me shower, get up, and here I am. So y'all know how I always tell y'all to to check in, see how you're actually doing. I realize that most of the time, by the time I'm recording the podcast, I really am doing great and having a great day. So sometimes y'all don't get to see the times when it's a shit show and I'm not doing so well. So I had, was that last week or was that earlier this week? I can't even remember But man, when I tell y'all, I had a whole meltdown and a breakdown, which is often the precursor through my breakthroughs, to my breakthroughs, I should say. And what had happened was every time, I tell y'all this all the time, and I tell y'all that me and my message, we are one and the same. Every time you move forward and make progress and you veer away from what you know, from what's familiar and from what feels comfortable, you will have a reaction in your subconscious mind. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you have. So what people somehow think that I don't experience is that I don't feel fear or that I don't feel insecurities or that I don't feel just all kinds of things because I do. And so in that moment, I was having such a rough time. I had a literal not in my stomach, like my visceral reaction. I felt anxiety. I felt all of the things. The difference is I allow myself to feel my feelings. I allow myself to break on down, whatever that looks like. And then I lean on the people that are around me. So I have a spiritual mentor. I call one of my friends and I say, hey, can you pray for me? And she prayed for me and prayed me right on through. After she prayed for me, I had stopped what I was doing. I had to go to Lowe's for something, went and grabbed me some food and took some time away from what I was doing. And then when I came back, I got back into it. Don't allow your feelings to stop you. You feel your, here's the thing, two things can be true at the same time. You can feel your feelings. You can feel discouraged. You can feel afraid. You can feel like something is not going to work, whatever it is. But you can also st- 
still operate in the commitment to move ahead and to forge ahead. So both of those things were true at the same time. I felt afraid and I felt anxiety and all of the things, but I also felt like and knew that I was going to move ahead. Wait a minute, even when I felt like it, I was just like, you know what? I ain't got to do this shit. I was just like, what What am I doing? I, I don't have to do this. Because, you know, I'll pray, cuss, and cry all in the same sentence. And I was just like, I just really don't have to do this. But I do. Because the work that I do is not my choosing. It's my calling. It's the work that's been given to me to do. And um, there's a grace sometimes that makes it look easy. Just like whatever it is that you do in your lane, I'm sure. But I just want to encourage you to stop stopping yourself, to not let your feelings uh, derail you, deter you, discourage you, because your feelings, while they are valid, they are not necessarily true, okay? So just wanted to share that, but I am doing well today. Here's where I think this comes from. My friend said, you're not used to this by now. You go through this just like every time. And I, I said, I don't, I don't care how many times I go through it. I'm always moving further and further away from what has gotten, gotten to be a comfortable place. So never will I get used to it. I can just move through it faster than I used to, right? So there's that. But what I was saying about that is, I have in my mind, okay, here's what I'm going to do and here's what I'm planning to do. And then God, I think in his sense of humor, that I don't, I don't be finding it funny though, will completely expand the thing that already felt too big for me in the first place. And I'm just like, how am I supposed to do this? You don't have to worry about the how. You just commit to doing it. And so... The thing is always so much bigger than me that I know that in and of myself, I cannot do it. And so I have to have God. I have to have the favor of God, the resources of God, the wisdom of God, the strategy that comes from God, (laughs) because in and of myself, I cannot do it and I cannot pull it off. So I feel like, you know, I'm always being stretched and expanded. And, you know, with so many changes and transitions, it is just very uncomfortable and, listen, that's why I tell people, I don't really know what a comfort zone is. And that's why your stability has to be inside of yourself because there's there's always growth and change and, and evolution and pivoting, right? So, and then the other thing, I was just like, God, how come I just couldn't be normal? Like, why couldn't I just live a normal life? I said this before, this is normal for me. I think normal is a myth. Normal is relative to you and your work in the world. So the moment you look at somebody else's life or, you know, take whatever, quote unquote, the the standard or the status quo is for normal, you know, you you probably are going to be doing yourself a disservice. So there's that. Here's the other thing. I don't know if y'all use chat GPT or not. When my son told me to use ChatGPT, I was like, uh-uh, I don't need another technology thing, another something. And he was like, no, I really think you should try it. So I said, okay, well, if he thinks I should try it, I should pay attention to it. So I dabbled in, in it just a little bit. Man, when I tell you that ChatGPT has been my handy assistant in addition to my assistant, ChatGPT does everything for me, okay? When I'm writing something and I like 
I don't even know how to describe. I have written so many things. So something that might take me two hours, I get it done in in 10 minutes. So while I'm not relying upon ChatGPT, like I personalize things and put them in my own words, I'm learning advanced techniques for it. Like, no, you didn't get this right. Please use this tone of voice. Like I had it writing something for me um, for my target audience. And I said, mm. I said, can you please use a tone that is more informal? I said, more bold, more emphatic. And I think one of the things it must have put like, hey, sisters, hey, boss babes. I said, oh, okay. I said, okay. I, said, I see what you did there. So I just have so much fun with this thing. And when I learned these advanced things, and I'm like, wow, I literally had to something in front of me that felt incredibly difficult for me. Like when I, I'm a detail-oriented person, but when it gets down into granular details and things have so many parts, I put the the thing, it was about three pages of something, and I put it in chat GPT and I said, hey, can you analyze this? And can you take this same formula and apply it to this topic to give me something similar? We went through about five iterations. And then guess what? The final thing is exactly what I was looking for. Man, I'm saving so much time with that. So I find it to be, you know, I've been talking about money and finances and leverage and leveraging the tools and the resources that are available to you is so important. Like I, I was, we literally have no excuse. We literally have no excuse to move forward because the thing is free. I hadn't even gotten the upgrade to the plus yet. I'm doing this with the free version. So for example, if you are managing your own social media and or you're not on social media and you haven't want to invest in hiring somebody to do it for you, tell Chat GPT to create a content calendar for you with captions target to who you're speaking to, like your targeted audience, and it'll give you the hashtags and everything else. And if you can't schedule that, I don't really know what else to tell you. I'm saying like, we pray and cry and snot and, you know, have tantrums when we have all of the tools and resources that we need to make progress. You can tell it, give you a Facebook caption, give you Instagram, give you something for Twitter, okay? With And you can tell it, make it this many characters, break it down in bullets, give me talking points. Seriously, like they asked me for the talking points for my speech in Dubai. Okay, my handy chat, my, I didn't know what it was going to be yet because, you know, I'm the kind of person that I I speak from an inspired place. But of course, when people are asking you for things, then you have to give it to them. So I asked my handy assistant, Chad GPT, hey, can you create a, a speech this long with this many talking points to this particular target audience about that? And it spit it right out. Now, of course, I have to infuse it and bring it with my, my own content, if you will, but it gave me the shell so that I could meet the requirement for what they were asking me for. So, I mean, I have it. I have my assistant creating a manual with it. Like, it, it keeps me from having to spend time checking language and things like that, you know, when it's done. So, if y'all not using it, 
I mean, there's just there's just so many things that you can can use it for. And I mean, I just don't know what to say. Again, we are without excuse, right? So y'all know I go from thing to thing sometimes. Here's the other thing before I get into the, the main thing. The other thing is the importance of taking inspired action. So when we think about growing in business, you know, income um, goals and the things that we desire, listen, working harder and just, you only have two energy inputs, really, time and money, right? So putting more time into something does not necessarily mean that you are going to get more money into something. But I find it to be very important to take inspired action. So I take inspired action. I don't just do things just to dot I's and cross T's and to say that I'm busy because busyness does not equate productivity. So I take inspired action. When I feel inspired to go in a certain way, then I'm like, okay, I go and do this. And then that lends itself to something else, right? I don't, I don't, where does the inspiration come from? So a lot of times when there is sensory deprivation, when I'm in a shower or when I'm somehow immersed in water or when I'm doing my hair or makeup and I'm not actively thinking, there is room for inspiration to come. And I will get an inspiration to say, oh, you know what? Record a voice note and pray for this person. Reach out to this person and send them this amount of money. Reach out to that person to do this. And so I quickly take the inspired actions that come and I move my way forward faster with inspired actions than anything that I can come up with in my own brain. So that is really, really important instead of just run-of-the-mill doing what everybody else is telling you to do. I'm I'm telling you because we have so much information and we're getting so much information. And when you get so much information from so many different sources and the information is conflicting, then a lot of times you don't know what really applies to you, right? And when when you get confused, confused, confusion is a precursor for nothingness and doing absolutely nothing. And when you do nothing, you get what? Nothing and you remain the same. So inspired action is really important. That means you have to take the time, give yourself the space, carve out a space for that inspiration to come to you. And oftentimes it's when you are being, not necessarily doing. Like sometimes I I could be, my hands are immersed. It's something about water for me, which is why, you know, going to the water, near the water, being near water, being in nature, you know, is just a place of inspiration. Okay, so. That is really important. Inspired action is really, really important. So I'm going to spend the rest of the time talking about getting to your income goals, if you will, because I know a lot of y'all are goal-oriented. I personally don't set income goals, right? I do have desires. I personally don't set goals, and I'm not dogmatic about that. But I do write down what I actually envision. But here's what's important too. A lot of people will set an income goal. I want to make 10,000 a month. I want to make 20,000 a month. I want to make 50 a month. I want to make 100,000 a month. Like whatever that looks like. And then that's just that's that's a desire. That's that's not a goal, right? This is what you desire. But then you don't reverse engineer to see how it is that you can get there. 
It doesn't matter what the amount of money is, right? You, But you don't reverse engineer a plan for yourself to get there. So let's just say if you desire to make $20,000 a month, right? $20,000 a month. How do you get there? Well, first and foremost, you have to think about with this $20,000 a month, how much time do you have to get to $20,000 a month? So if you say that you have 25 hours a week to get to $20,000 a month, okay, then you know you have $100, I'm not $100, you have 100 hours a month to get to $20,000 a month. So even though I'm not an advocate of doing things by the hour, you always need to know what an hour of your time is worth. So with this scenario, $200 an hour is the minimum that you need for an hour of your time. You with me? $20,000 a month, 100 hours a month or 25 hours a week. You need to minimally be getting $200 for an hour of your time. And now you look at all of the resources that you have, what products, what services, what skill sets. How can you put that together so you are getting $200 for an hour of your time? Now, I'm not saying go exchange an hour of your time one hour at a time. Okay, so for example, let's just say... Uh, I'm a coach, right? So let's just say if you had a $5,000 coaching package, right? So let's do the math here. So if you had a $5,000 coaching package and you needed to get $200 per hour, then technically you would need to sell four coaching packages every month. Does that make sense? You would need to sell four coaching packages every single month. And so to sell four coaching packages, most people convert to new clients from, you know, potential leads to new clients at a rate of 20%. So you would need to speak to 20 people every month to get to those four coaching clients at a, with a 20% conversion rate to sell your $5,000 thing, right? So that's what I mean by you want to reverse engineer. So then your job is to figure out how do I position my product or my service in front of 20 people every single month? And then that's where you start thinking about marketing. Marketing does not mean that you just make a barrage of social media posts and you post and hope. You post and you hope that the people reach out to you. It doesn't work that way. You can have a call to action in your posts, but with the way social media algorithms are set up, that doesn't necessarily mean that your post is going to get in front of the people that you needed to get in front of enough time so that you are yielding 20 new potential clients to, to get booked on your calendar, right? So social media, a lot of times it's creating top of, top of mind awareness for you and it's creating top of mind awareness so people hear from you repeatedly and then you build a sense of credibility and trust because people see your consistency 
And then they may get on your calendar with your call to action. Sometimes that may take a quarter or so, right? So if you need to do this sooner than that, then you're going to have to be more assertive than that. You may have to reach out to people directly. You may have to, where are your potential clients hanging out, right? Whatever your business is, where are your potential clients hanging out? Are they on Twitter? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on TikTok? It just depends. Is what you do something that is simply like my lawyers that I work with? They, they work in their respective states, right? So they are limited jurisdictionally, geographically, where they can get their clients from. But trademark lawyers, nope, not so much, right? Depends on the practice area. So are you limited geographically to where you can get these people? Um, is it a particular industry where you get these people? And the more you can figure those things out, the more effective you're going to be. And then figure out where are your people hanging out? Let's just say, for example, your target is um, the CEO of a company. Well, more than likely, if the the CEO is not going to be doing their own social media. So if you are reaching out to them via social media, you are probably going to be connecting with the social media manager or the person who is actually doing it, right? So you have to think about where your people are hanging out and how you get in front of those people. And you may have to do a few different iterations of that to figure it out, right? The first thing that you wanna do is leverage the people that you already know. If you've ever read Bob Bodine's book, The Power of Who, then you know that there is somebody that is already in your life, somebody that is already in your network, who can connect you, who is the exact resource that you need. But oftentimes we are not aware of our own resources. We don't ask and therefore we don't have and we don't ask consistently. Let me tell you something. So for example, somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn yesterday to ask me if I would write them a recommendation because they are looking for work. This is somebody that I coached when I was an executive coach way back in maybe 2016, right? I still remember our conversations. I still remember that she made fried mashed potato balls and she knew of this amazing Mexican buffet. Y'all know I can remember things around food. And I said, well, what would you like me to put in and emphasize anything? Because here's, if I'm left to my own devices, I'll put this. She said, that's perfect. And I said, okay. And then I said, do you have a LinkedIn post or anything that I can share in my network. She sent it to me and and we did just that and I did just that. Now, if she, she she told me to let her know if I knew of anyone who needed um, marketing help because she's a marketing expert, right? I said, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Now, guess what happens? After I've done that, it will move out of my mind because I'm on to the next thing. If she doesn't follow up with me, as I asked her to do, to keep me apprised of her progress, then my natural assumption will be that she's found what it is that she's looking for if she only asks me one time. So some of y'all will do something like this and you do it one time and then you don't follow up and follow through and then you're just like, I tried that and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening because you didn't try it enough and you didn't try it consistently and you didn't test and you didn't pivot until you got the result that you were looking for. You have to have a level of stick and perseverance and endurance even when you need to pivot to try something different. 
And the best way to know what you need to try is to try something. Get the feedback, and the feedback will tell you people relate to this, people respond to this, or they don't. And then you change it until you find the thing that works, right? But we've gotten really lazy, and we expect things to come to us. And when they don't come to us, we don't want to be uncomfortable to have a hand in our own provision. But do you, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? This doesn't have to be hard, but you want to have a hand in your own provision. So then how do you position yourself in front of the people that you need to be positioned in front of so that you can share your product or service? And then people say, I don't want to badger people. I don't want to bug people. Then you don't want to sell to people. How many times do you see a television commercial in front of you saying the exact same thing? Now, I'm not an advocate for badgering and budget, uh, advocate for badgering and bugging people, not at all. But if you understand that everything in the world moves through sales and that sales is service, there is somebody right now who needs the solution that you offer and they don't even know that you exist. There is somebody right now who is getting mediocre service, who is getting less than what it is that they desire They desire because they're looking for something at a certain level. You have it, but they don't know it because you are not positioned in front of them. Do you understand? So as long as you're a secret, let me tell you, I'm telling you from something that I had to learn. I am a, y'all, y'all might think I tell all y'all my business. Listen. I am a private person, right? So I share things to a certain extent, but I'm a private person. I'm okay laying back in the cut. People don't have to see me. That's great as an introvert in your personal life. But if you want business, people need to see you or people need to at least know that you exist. Maybe social media is not your way, but but whatever your way is, people need to know that you exist. And as long as you resist the visibility and the exposure that is going to put you in front of people, then you cannot turn around and complain about what you don't have in the terms of not enough business, not enough revenue right? You've got to do something different. So I'm just giving you an example of how you can reverse engineer exactly what it is that you need. Then you put a marketing mix, if you will, in place to go out and get it. You test it. Whatever seems to lend itself to being a sweet spot, you mash the gas there and you ride it until the wheels fall off. And then you pivot when that is not working anymore. It's, I always tell y'all, it's really not rocket science. But what happens is when we can complicate and overcomplicate things, then we can give ourselves an excuse not to move forward. When we can complicate it, when we're the special snowflake that everybody else can do this and get this done but us because of X, Y, or Z, then we exempt ourselves from having to endure the hardship, having to endure the pain of facing our fears of rejection and our fears of failure, success, insecurities, all of that, right? And the longer we prolong the pain, the longer we prolong the progress. So um, (laughs) she's going to laugh at this, but I was telling somebody the other day, I said, I want, I literally said, I want you to put your hand on your ass. And she said, huh? I said, I said, yeah. I said, because I'm about to put my foot in it. Now, y'all know I can be sweet and I can be kind, but there are times where I put these 13s where they need to go because sometimes you need a gentle nudge, right? Sometimes you need a swift kick in your ass to tell you, like, listen, th- this is not going to just come to you and be handed to you. If it was, everybody would get it. 
You have to get up and go get it. Now, this might sound like it's con this this might sound conflicting, but it's not. I'm also not an advocate of hustle culture. I am the the anti-hustle queen. I don't like the word queen. Let me just call myself a goddess or something. I don't believe in hustle culture. Hustle and grind and sacrificing yourself and burning out. No, I believe in massive action, though. I do believe in execution. I do believe in quantum leaps and taking inspired action and taking steps and following up and following through until you get the results. And I do believe that you can do that by being well-rested, well-nourished, right? I don't believe that you have to stretch yourself out and drive yourself into the ground to do this, but... We have more of a bias for learning, more of a bias for continuing knowledge, more of a bias for bitching, moaning, and complaining than we do for actually action and doing something different. So you can have the life that you desire. You can have the income that you desire if you set the number in place. The number doesn't matter because if you the, if you need 50,000, if you need 20,000, whatever the number is, you just reverse engineer it and figure out how you get to that number, how you can create something that gets you to this number. And let me tell y'all something else, right? For you lowballers, right? I'm going to tell you something else. Hear me and hear me well. If you are priced at the bottom of the barrel, a lot of times that is exactly what you're going to get. Clients who are at the bottom of the barrel and who bitch and complain about every single thing. If you go to higher ticket, higher prices, you actually are exerting even less time, but you are getting more money. And that just simply means that you have to call yourself higher and make sure that you are providing something a service, a product at the level that you are uh, charging people and it will be fine. But you don't have to, like when I said 5,000 a month, I'm sorry, when I said 20,000 a month and and now you got a $20 solution and so you need to sell a thousand of those and so you know you have to be the, the, the volume salesperson like Walmart, you can either be the Walmart, you can be the Lord and Taylor, the Nordstroms, like, you you know what I mean? You can be the coach, you can be the Hermes. Like, you get to choose how it is that you show up in the world because there is a customer for every single price point. But scarcity mindsets will have you with the BS mindset of starting from the bottom, now you're here. No, bring your A game, bring your best Create at the top levels, create at the best, trust yourself with the responsibility of of this, and you can move forward in the way that you desire to move forward. We do not have to, regardless of what is happening in the economy right now, you can create your own economy. People still spend money in the economy. Don't let the news Make you think that everybody is broke and broke down just because of what happened with Silicon Valley Bank or anything else. If you, the people you are serving are not spending money then and they don't want your services, guess what? Don't lower the price. Upgrade your audience. Do you see what I'm saying? You constantly want to challenge yourself to create at higher levels, not just be reduced to what society is succumbing to. You don't have to do this. You can be bold, unapologetic, and unstoppable moving towards your desires and your goals. You just have to have a plan in place to get you there and a follow-up and a follow-through, a stick-to-itiveness, a perseverance, a resilience, 
until you see the goddamn goal, okay? Now, I love each and every one of you. Take these nuggets and have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. Create a plan. Reverse engineer the plan. Doctor that plan until you see what you need to see. But don't wait until you have a perfect plan to take action. Imperfect action will always yield you better results than a perfect plan that is not executed. I love you guys. Share the podcast with somebody who's trying to make money moves. 